0: Welcome to the Agro's Church Podcast. I'm Associate Pastor Taylor Soto. Lead Pastor Dane Johansson. And I'm Eric the Deacon. Hello Eric the Deacon. Thanks for joining us again. So today we're going to talk about some of the arguments that have been floating around on various social media platforms uh, against the uh, confessional text position. We thought that it would be helpful to address some of them. Um, So we're going to get into that, but before we do, Dane, what are you reading?
1: Um, I got a couple new books last week from a Reformation Heritage Order um, I, I bought some of their used books, which, if you don't know, on their site they have a used books section. Because um, Reformation Heritage Books actually has a used bookstore in uh, Michigan, but mm-hmm. they also sell some of them online, so you can find some gems online uh, on their used, and they're always like in perfect condition. Like I've never seen one that has any markings, like because mm-hmm. they'll list like if it has markings or not. Right. Uh, but this one is a memoir of the Westminster Divines by James Reed. Oh, wow. In the eighteen hundreds, there was like a, a, a flood of these like books on like it had many biographies in them um this one's great so knowing about the westminster divines um i'm sure you can still find this used at different places but it's a banner of truth book it's a uh, super interesting super good and then um i've been working on greek just a lot of greek this week um i got a two volume set of the septuagint reader by hendrickson mm. um, so i've been reading through the torah in greek um My wife got me that for a birthday present, and then I have this little book on modern Greek as well as Duolingo, um, some Pimsleur. Um, I have Rosetta Stone for uh, German, Hmm. but I don't have it for Greek. I was thinking about maybe investing in that, but I don't know right now. But yeah, this is a little conversational modern Greek stuff, and then I have (coughs) this book put out by Cambridge, The Joint Association of Classical Teachers. Hmm. Uh, It's a Greek course, Reading Greek, where it goes through uh, mostly Attic, but then it goes into some Ionic and and then also ends with Homer. So reading Homer, and it, it's a three-volume set, but this is the text that it comes in. Um, and so basically what I do is I, I you know, read through the, the grammar and uh, all that for the section, and then I just uh, kind of put some words that I have trouble with. I, I mark them underneath mm. um, with a, a gloss either in English or maybe a gloss in Greek, like a related synonym I know, and I just read it multiple times. So I'm doing that with this and Athanazae, yeah. Um, we've mentioned this before, <clears throat> um, and this is Attic Greek. So I'm kind of we, we mentioned Homer a couple weeks ago, I think. Yeah, so we're can, doing yeah. we're doing Homer, modern Greek, uh, ancient Greek, the different mm-hmm. forms of ancient Greek, as well as Koine. So I'm doing obviously Koine in the Septuagint, and then also I'm just trying to read a bunch. And uh, my this
2: is a uh, reasoned eclectical method of learning Greek. No, no, <laughs> <laughs> sorry.
1: Um, yeah, this is the Translating Bob Tr the Casken one. So I've been reading this a ton and doing the same kind of method of like certain words I don't know. I mark in there so I can go back and reread the chapter or mm-hmm. listen to it a couple times. So other than that, um, kind of messing with turrets in a bit lately and other than that, but I've mostly been focusing on Greek this week.
0: What about that, that little journal you've got sitting there?
1: Oh yeah, I forgot to mention that. This is really cool. If you are a, uh, I mean, this is going to be for any note taker, but uh, as a preacher uh, who preaches every week, I use this and... You just bought one for for Sunday school lessons, sermons, yeah. all that kind of stuff, and it's a it's one of my church Bible publishers, and this is this is a, a a pleather. It's not it's not real leather, but it looks just like real leather, and it's actually pleather oh, lined. It feels um, like leather too. Yeah. Yeah. it's yeah. some of the best
0: feeling pleather I've and ever felt is, in my entire life. Yeah, it's amazing. I thought it was the actual
1: leather. Yeah, and I think they have it listed as their sermon notebook on their website. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like
0: twenty five bucks or something. Like yeah, it's it really item really number
1: two fifty. So it's a church Bible publisher, so you can go to churchkjv.com, yeah. um, and, and I think it's like 1,200 pages, and it's about the size of a, th- a thin line Bible. The pages are super thin. It's like mm-hmm. Bible paper, but it's like lined, uh, these really nice little lines, and actually with a micron or um, even on like some other pens, like I know people like, what are those pens that people like? The Gillette?
0: Fountain. No, well, not the Fountain The G2s. Pens, the G2s. Mm-hmm. A lot of people yeah.
1: use those. It didn't bleed through on that either. I mean, there's a, a little bit of bleed through, but there's show through, obviously, because the pages are thin, but... Even with just a standard yellow highlighter, I haven't had any bleed through or anything. So I use this when I preach, and so all your sermons are in one place. Um, if you're a preacher who hasn't ever tried writing your sermons out, um, and I'm not just talking about a whole manuscript or not, just whatever kind of notes you use. If you've never tried writing your notes by hand, and that includes your ser- or your mm. your illustrations as well as your scripture references, um, it, it's a game changer. Because it really just gets the material in your in your yep. mind. I, I've used all sorts of different methods. I, I preach extemporaneously sometimes. Um, I preach with a whole manuscript sometimes. I've written out my notes. I've used just stuff in my margin of my Bible before. Mm. But if you've never tried writing out your notes, I really recommend it. But this is a great one, even if you, if you just use this for your, uh, your personal journaling, your prayers, mm. your whatever. This is a huge notebook.
0: Yeah, no, I was pages. really impressed. That's why so, I bought one basically immediately when I saw yours.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is great. It has a nice little thick double satin ribbon marker, so that's great. But Damn. yeah, I'd recommend that. Um, but yeah, All what right, about... Yeah,
0: Eric, what are you reading? Well, I'm uh, recently engaged, so... Oh, yeah, okay, congratulations. Yeah. <laughs> there will be no sound effects added, but you can imagine what it might <laughs> yeah. sound like if we did. Candid applause. Uh, <laughs> <laughs>
2: um, and, but yeah, so I'm I'm going through Joel Beakey's edited, updated, abridged version of uh, William Googe's Hmm. Domestical Duties. Mm. And it comes in three volumes. uh, Rather than, like, the original one volume, it comes in three volumes. I think it's... What is it
1: called? Building a Godly Home? Building
2: a Godly Home. I think that's, like, the name of the series. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's three three in it. One has Mm -hmm. to do with marriage, one has to do with raising kids, and then there's a Mm. third one I haven't... I think think
1: the third one's on, like, general family, like, so servants yeah, sir, or right. employers,
2: all that kind of stuff. I'm reading the one on marriage right now, obviously. Um, right. So it's really I'm, good. Really, yeah, really good. Yep. And, and they're small, so, you're like, it's nice. It's it's really updated. He kind of removed some things, like, that that are a little bit outdated. Don't um, apply to us, but applied in Victorian, or in a uh, Puritan age. Yeah. England, yeah. but don't apply um, to us. I highly also. recommend it, though. I mean, if any of you guys are out there and you're thinking about marriage <laughs> or you're engaged or whatever, like, start mm. reading stuff on the topic. Mm. And Joel Beakey is number one recommendation for me. He's, like, the oh, guy yeah. on family worship. Yeah, um, guy found family worship on marriage. Yeah, he has got great yeah. stuff. Yeah. I and mean, um, speaking of that, too, I got the Reformation Heritage Study Bible, so I've been mm. reading all mm. of the in my in my daily reading plan. I've been reading all of the you know the, the notes and stuff. In mm. the Reformation Heritage That's Study Bible. That's sure what I do daily. Helpful, yeah. Yep. Me too. Um, and then still working my way through a Puritan Hope. It's been mm. kind of on the back burner a little bit. That and uh, Holiness, right? Kinda yeah, picking yeah. those up on and off. Um, holiness is like a coffee table kind of read. That's like a
1: lifelong read.
2: Right. Right. It's like um, hmm. multiple but, times. Yep. There, I'm sure I'm sure at some point I will re reread holiness mm. you know, studiously and all that. But yeah, so yes, right now i am just doing the, the And that's by J C Ryle if, if yeah. 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 Yeah.
0: yeah, there's a lot of books entitled Holiness that, that maybe aren't so good. <laughs> yeah, JC Ryles though is, is amazing.
1: Yeah. 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 Banner of Truth has a nice reprint of it. Mm.
0: Don't don't do the Amazon self print version. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Was it you that did that, that had the big stretched out guy on it? Yeah. Uh, a big oh, J. No. J C Ryle
0: that's about that wide. <laughs> <clears throat> Alright, so I am reading, I'm getting back into Has the Bible Been Kept Pure? The Westminster Confession of Faith and the Providential Preservation of Scripture by mm-hmm. Garnett Howard Milne.
1: Yeah, I made about 60 pages in. <clears throat> and I got distracted with other stuff.
0: Yeah, I'm about 100 pages in. Uh, it's, been, it's been a blessing. I mean, I've read about 150 pages of it, like I skipped around through the sections, but I'm from cover to cover, 100 pages in. Yeah. uh and this one as you guys have if you watch it's it's a uh, self-published so it's printed backwards. So this is the front just of it. that one mine's not. Yeah. yeah so same same batch the How same Amazon happen? order. yeah, I don't know uh, it's same, it's, yeah. <clears throat> It was the same Amazon order his came the right way and uh, this is actually the front of, of mine and this is the back. so this that's kind of kind of a trip. It's kind of fun. So we actually had yeah. a, a really uh, awesome fellowship night with some of our RPCNA friends last night. And they uh, gave us some parting gifts. Uh, they they blessed our church with psalters, actually. That mm, was amazing. Uh, which were super. 20. Yeah, yeah, 20 psalters oh, plus the psalter uh, like like director's guides, like oh, the, for the big our, ones yeah, for, for our worship leaders. Yeah. Um, so if you guys are watching that, thank you so much. Yep. And uh, then they gave me two parting gifts. So the first one uh, was the joy of rediscovering God's hymn book, and it's a introduction on how to introduce the psalter to uh, your congregational worship and then this is called songs of zion which is a more in-depth look at exclusive psalmody. apparently it's the second best book on exclusive psalmody. Um, they didn't have the best one on hand at the time so they gave me the next best option mm-hmm. so I'm gonna, I'm gonna plan on <clears throat> reading this in its totality uh, mm-hmm. this, this week probably uh, so i'm looking forward to that seeing uh uh, what the arguments are, and I I have a general idea of what the arguments are, but it'll be good to actually uh, get get the position other than from the Reform Pub, you know. Yeah. So it's well, and
1: it, like kind of how I feel about it right now, um, <clears throat> and it's like, have you ever heard that? Uh, I think it's like an interview with John MacArthur where he's talking, and somebody like he's supposed to give like a brief answer to like one word questions. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think Todd Friel was doing it, and he said yeah. uh, church planting, and uh, John MacArthur was like. I'm for it. <laughs> it's kind of it's like singing psalms
0: in church. I'm like, yeah, let's do yeah. it. I feel like I'm for it. Yeah, yeah so we're, we're going to be exploring that. It'll be a really great time. Yeah, man. All right, so today's topic, we, we are postponing yet again our Lost in Translation series. Uh, there have been a, a fresh batch of arguments against the confessional text position that have been circulating around, and it doesn't necessarily seem like a whole lot of people are trying to address them, and right. I think help away. way and uh so hopefully we can tackle some of them we might not be useful at all but you know maybe someone will be able to get something from it uh, mm. so dane you want to start us off with the first claim that so we identified a handful of claims like 10 of them maybe six of them and mm. we're just going to walk through them today uh so dane do you want to tackle the claim yeah there's
1: there's six there's six claims mm. and then there's common fallacies that are also uh, made
2: against our position and then yeah. we kind of had some responses um didn't you want to make <clears throat> a brief note you said Oh, I was just gonna say, you know, I'm. If I was on the other side of the camera <coughs> for this podcast, like I would be learning a bunch. So I'm, I'm not quite as studied on this topic as these two guys are. So, uh, to you guys out there, like I'm, I'm learning with you, and I'm here, you know, to kind of see what I think and, and yeah. discuss these. Well, things that's kind of why we bit. asked him to come along. No, right. I mean, he holds to
1: the same position, but the
2: intricacies and some of these
1: arguments, you know, he doesn't yeah. always have the, uh, you know, he's looking for answers as well on right, some right. of them. So. Like um, he, he, he's literally going to be sitting here to kind of keep us accountable where it's like, hey, you know, like, so we'll bounce stuff off you, and if, if anything comes up where you're like, uh,
2: just ask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be, yeah. uh, I'll challenge yeah. you if
1: need be. But um, the, the whole, so the whole, um, premise of this argument was kind of centered around Luke 22. Um, in Luke 22... 2.22. Luke 2.22, sorry, yeah, the yeah, the whole chapter of Luke, I mean, well, in the modern uh, critical text, who knows. Um, but in Luke 2.22, 20, um it uh, reads in the in the TR uh, read it in the KJV and then I'll or in KJV. do you have it in NKJV? Yeah. okay read it in the NKJV uh,
2: now when the days of her purification according to the law of Moses were completed they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord
1: right and so this is uh, this is following obviously uh, the the story of Jesus' birth and infancy here um, and so the, the the controversy settles around uh, that little phrase her purif- her purification. So in uh, in verse twenty two it's tu katharismu aftis. Um, so a lot of the uh, TRs and, and manuscripts read uh Tu mu afton so their purification, the purification of them, mm. and this says the purification of her, referring to Mary, which is in Leviticus, what is it, Leviticus, Leviticus 11?
0: Yeah, I believe so. Uh,
1: where it talks about the purification of a woman after she gives birth to a child, um, and the KJV and the Dutch vertaling, so both of the Reformation-era translations... Uh, into English and Dutch, mm. follow this reading of of her purification rather than of Tone of their purification, and so that's kind of where this whole thing uh, goes go, centers around uh, the, this new batch of arguments. And basically, the argument is that Beza, the first claim they made, is that Beza made a pure conjectural emendation at Luke twenty-two. A conjectural emendation is that there's no evidence for a reading mm. except for the person's own logical thinking through an issue or, or looking at the text and be like, uh, eh, I don't think it should be that. I think it should be this. That's a mm. pure conjecture mendation. So the claim yeah. is that Beza made a pure conjecture amendation here. Um,
0: and you and you actually see that outside of the scope of just Luke two twenty two. That that's a yeah. pretty common argument you'll see uh, around the internet. And yeah. it's it's Beza's the, always making Beza Beza seems to be a very, very uh, spurious uh co- collator and, and, and compiler and yeah um text Just critic based so. on
1: what sounded poetic to him i've heard over and over he'll go off yeah of. right um now the problem is most i don't think any of his annotations in his uh, 1598 edition of his uh, uh novum testamentum grece have been translated because uh, they're all in latin um however with the the new book uh, has the bible what is it Beyond What Is Written? Beyond What Is Written, yeah. <clears throat> has about we can't put yours, that one. Has, Beyond What Is Written by Jan Kranz, the Dutch mm. scholar, um, in a series edited by uh, Bart Ehrman. He, he has a book in there that's uh, put out by Brill Academic. Mm. Um, pretty expensive. Um, we were given access to it online, which is a, a huge blessing. Um, and, and actually, it's a really great resource in, in the sense of it has tons of... Basically, it, it studies Erasmus and Beza as quote-unquote conjectural textual critics. Yeah, uh, and and, but they, it translates some of stuff that hasn't been translated, so that's right, what's interesting. Nice the about the it.
0: point of it uh, is actually quite interesting. It's it sort of, it, it it takes a look at at Erasmus and <clears> Beza <throat> and actually highlights how advanced in a lot of ways their methodologies were. Yeah, uh, and and tries to demonstrate in some cases how it's similar to what they're doing today. Yeah, uh, I, I I think that maybe the premise of the of of the thesis is a little bit faulty, but at the same time, he's translated. Uh, Young Kranz has translated a lot of untranslated stuff up to this point. It's yep. really a valuable resource. I we've, I've enjoyed it a lot. I, I'm actually writing an in-depth review on it, so be looking forward to that.
1: Yeah, and we have we print we printed out the section um, that was addressed, uh, or which addresses this particular um, ver, uh, variant here um, in Luke 2:22, and it's on it's on pages two ninety three and two ninety four of Jan Kranz's book. Mm. And so he's printing them out so we have uh, kind of the the foundation of what a lot of this argument was made off of this first claim. So claim number one is that Beza made a pure conjectural emendation here at Luke two twenty two. Our response is no he didn't. Um, yeah. why what is the evidence for him not doing that, Taylor?
0: Well, I mean in terms of extant manuscripts <laughs> that we have today it, it does seem that that's that's what he did mm-hmm. um but th- that's kind of the, the there, in other words there are
1: no manuscripts that read Aftis <clears> that right. survive today that, that survived, survived today.
0: today the the first pr- printed edition of the computentium Polylot had it mm-hmm. and then the the last edition of his of his uh received text had it
1: yeah, so I think I think most of the version, the uh, the editions of Beza had it, but it's specifically the fifteen ninety eight, which is the main it one. It
0: was the one that the KJV translators use, and so there it kind of gets brought to the front of the conversation. But in terms of, you know, that that that, that does, and, and you know, you have to admit, I think uh, that that every now and then there there is one, uh, uh, there, there's probably a handful of variants that 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 are very difficult to support with mm. with uh, with an evolutionary evidential sort of perspective mm. and and th- that is again uh, why why we always harp on uh this time and time again that's not our foundation for uh demonstrating mm. whether or not an, a reading is authentic um but but you know if you're going to use that sort of uh empirical approach of course there there would be a lot more readings than the ones that we're talking about right now luke two twenty two, 22 um revelation 16 5 is often brought up uh we'd be talking about a lot more than just those two yeah. if if that was our standard of extant mm. manuscripts. Um, and um, The funny part, <clears throat> and we've mentioned this before,
1: yeah. there's a lot of extant manuscripts that have been listed and collated and cataloged that don't exist today, so they're not mm. actually extant, but they, yeah. have been, they have been viewed and used for, for, for compiling textual critical data. Yeah. So it's really no different than <laughs> when mm-hmm. we have people from the Reformation era and post-Reformation era saying, hey, I saw 10 manuscripts that say this. Um, a lot of the argument... Against that is that oh well they don't know what they're talking about or they they saw manuscripts that uh, they'd already seen that they're mistaking as different manuscripts. Um, however, because we don't have them today, so we don't have those extant manuscripts, so they basically never existed. We don't have any proof they ever existed. Right,
2: that 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 kind of undermines the whole. It, okay, maybe I'm wrong, but that that to me seems like it undermines the whole idea that we can have a Bible at all because right. if there's no extant manuscripts of the scriptures that date before a certain time, how mm-hmm. do we know that they were actually written by? Yeah. Right, you know, and, and that's, that's where a lot of scholars go. Right, and so so it seems like if if you're going to use that as the base... I'm trying to make sure I'm following you guys, but if you're going to use that as the basis for determining whether or not a reading is valid, mm-hmm. then how is the... Like, how is anything, you know, valid after yeah. a certain point? Well, like,
0: so, so I think I know, I know where you're going you at this. I mean? and this is... So this is how this argument's going to circulate, and I've seen it circulating all over Facebook. Yeah, on these, are, these also aren't <laughs> new arguments. Yeah. No, they've been around for a while. And address uh, any
2: fallacies I have, because I've heard a lot of things on the internet and stuff, too. Well, so, so,
0: so the way this is going to present itself is that Beza, uh, basically the same exact arguments that the Jesuits were making against Beza during the Reformation period, um, that Beza really loved to make a conjecture from the Latin Vulgate that he that he was really preferred it in a lot of ways, um, these were the these were the attacks of the of the, of the papists mm. against Beza, and, and they're being rehashed today because they actually can hold weight now that <coughs> that um, an empirical evidence to determining the text of scripture has been adopted. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what you're going to see, uh, and what I've seen, is that people are going to say, yeah, Beza was just kind of a sloppy he took the uh, a sloppy text critic he took the poetic reading. He followed the Latin Vulgate a lot. He mm. he just you know very spuriously added to the text when he wanted to. Uh, but but the problem is, this really hinges on this idea that that so the reading in question that we're looking at is ofteis um, uh, with her,
2: of 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 her, of, period,
0: of yeah. her uh, in, in, instead of there, uh, and basically the claim that thats going that is gonna that that is going around and everything like that is basically that this reading hasn't existed ever in antiquity. Hmm. Uh, and this you'll hear a lot. You know, this is a reading that the church has never seen up to this point. You hear it all over the place.
1: You also hear it about in Revelation. <clears throat>
0: in Revelation. In the first, this is first... not
1: the Bible they used to get Nicaea or yeah, Chalcedon. Yeah. or 1
0: John 5, 7. <clears throat> um, they basically say, that like, Origen wouldn't have had this text. Augustine wouldn't have had this text. Um, but the problem is with that is you, you just don't know. Right. You don't know what they had. And, mm-hmm. and further, you don't know what anyone had. Be- like, Origen wasn't the first person to ever comment on Scripture. Right. Um, we, we've actually lost a lot of of tons of, of stuff of data from that period of time. Yeah. And well, did you see that hmm.
1: the the article we were sent today about uh, a, a codex of a library? I think, uh, gosh, I'll have to, Maybe we'll post it in the link in the in the description. Hmm. But um, it, it was it was a it was a collation, a list of what a library had in the like medieval ages, and it was all the books. It was a catalog of their hmm. books, most of which we don't have today. Right. So does that mean they were just lying? No, we just we've lost tons of books to antiquity. Yeah, I mean, yeah. yeah.
0: So it might it might seem initially that like we're just we're just copping out and saying, oh well, we can't support it, so you know, therefore the, we just are giving a non-answer. But but <clears throat> when it comes to providing a positive affirmation of anything right. from evidence, if you're taking an evidential approach, then you need to actually produce evidence. Yep. from that From that time period. So yeah. if if the claim that's really being made is that Aftis never appeared in the manuscript tradition until much Later, if at all, uh, you know, they just kind of conjectured it up into the Computentium Polyglot, and then they conjectured it, basically conjectured it mm. in again, uh, which there's actually not a primary source on the Computentium Polyglot um, actually conjecturing it in.
1: Right, right, there's there's nothing on there, and, and just, just yeah. so people know, too, we have sitting right in front of us, um, I actually went, I've downloaded most of the TRs, I actually even have a, a, a PDF of... Um, Zwingli's own handwritten manuscript of the Pauline epistles, including hmm. Hebrews. Um, so, so I have a lot of stuff that I've downloaded that that's original images that are they're hard to read. Um, but this is the Complutensian Polyglot Bible. It was printed again. It was printed in 1514 before Erasmus, but it wasn't published until 1520. Yeah. So it didn't start circulating until 1520. But you know, so we we've printed out that and that has Oftis, um, right? That has Oftis, and that's the first ever printed Greek text. Yeah. Hmm. But the first ever printed and published Greek text was Erasmus in 1516, which has two mu afton. So this is his 1516 edition with the Latin mm-hmm. next to it. Um, we also print out Erasmus's 1537, also uh, afton. And uh, Stephanus's 1551, also afton. And then we have Beza's 1598 text right here in front of us, which is two mu aftis, so of her purification. Mm-hmm. So the oldest and the newest, and as far as the main TRs go... Um, besides Elsevier, read that way, and then I also print out in Latin his annotation just so we have it. So people will say, oh, "Well, you're just you know you're ignorant and you, you're refusing to look at the evidence." No, I looked at the evidence. It's all right here. We yeah. have literally the original printings right here in front of us. Right. So we can look mm-hmm. at the evidence and do well. Apparently, we can't do touch criticism, but we'll get to that.
0: Yeah, so really the the whole point of, of this part of our discussion, and we're going to get into maybe some more convincing reasons why, mm-hmm. and part of the reason why we're not really even uh, dr- trying to defend the, the, the manuscript evidence, what, what you do see is that the reading does exist. They got it from somewhere. Uh, right. th- there's no primary source for an emendation prior to Erasmus. Uh, and, and so the, the reading existed somewhere. And so you, can't, you cannot uh, just flat out wholesale reject the printed editions. You just can't. Mm uh but but that's something that's that's going on does all the time
2: does basically give a citation of like that you know i got it from this manuscript or i got it from a manuscript mm. he he talks about the latin vulgate which was which was commented
1: on again online um that the latin vulgate reads eus in latin which is uh of her or of him and then uh instead of aorum so instead of the plural form of mm. theirs their purification and uh so so the, the the argument goes, well, Beza and the Caputensian Polyglots so Cardinal Jimenez, they both just took it from Latin into Greek. They, no. they Hellenized it into Greek mm-hmm. um, because they thought it made more sense. And we actually have right here um, in, in Jan Kranz on page 293, um, he says, Typical also is Beza's adoption of the reading oftis instead of tone in Luke twenty two twenty two. And when the time came for their tone purification, according to law of Moses, which is what the RSV uh, and he translates that that thing I just showed you. His annotation. He translates he says of Mary Aftis in the Vulgate, a use of him of her. Apparently of Mary, for it is proper to fulfill the law. Although Mary, after Christ's birth, would be all the more sanctified. In any case, we have expressed the antecedent, antecedent itself in full in order to avoid any ambiguity. Most manuscripts or codices have off tone, and thus origin reads also, followed by Erasmus. But I failed to see how this could fit, while the law of purification only concerns the mother. And so I prefer to follow the old edition, uh, which Jan Kranz added in the Vulgate, he's saying that he's referring to the Vulgate, with which the Complutensian edition agrees. And then in 1582, Beza adds an explanation of the textual corruption as he sees it. Indeed, most probably the true scripture has been corrupted by those who dreamt of diminishing Mary's holiness to some degree in this way.
0: Yeah, well, and, and that's that's something interesting, and, and that'll be discounted a lot, but actually uh, <coughs> in the theological method for determining scriptural readings, uh, it's perfectly acceptable to correct uh, indeterminate readings by the Old Testament and, yep. and by... Um, yes. letting scripture interpret scripture.
1: Yes, internal uh, evidence.
0: <clears throat> you know, you 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 have all sorts of talk about that in the Reformation area. That was quite common practice, and uh, and you might you might scoff at that. That might not be something that you'd be interested in in, in accepting as true if you're a modern critical text advocate. Mm. Uh, but but that, that that wasn't so absurd back then because mm-hmm. they believed in the authority of scripture. Yeah, okay. that would make sense
2: because yeah. I mean, if he's if he's looking at a reading that doesn't comport with something that says, you know that the Old Testament says, then right assuming that this is the word of god which is what our presupposition is hmm. that would be immediately seen as erroneous right? right so you'd have to refer back to what this is referring and mm-hmm. it's, it's referring to the old testament scriptures leviticus 12 yep um you yep. know and and understand that there is it just doesn't you know, it doesn't make sense, I guess, you know. Right, right.
1: right. You know, I mean, I, I think you could still technically hold to that and not have to say Jesus was sinful or whatever, but I do see the argument as being strong right. for, of her purification rather of theirs for that very reason that yeah. It, yeah. it starts to kind of cast some doubt on right. Christ's uh, sinlessness, et cetera. Right. And,
0: much, and, much and you notice that Beza
1: in his annotation there hmm. doesn't mention the uh, Complutensian polyglot. No. He doesn't mention it. He made it f- purely on theological reasons. However, in 15, uh, what was it, Fifteen ninety-eight. No. With a Complutensian, I just had it. All the 15 Fifteen, eighteen, no. Fifteen. 14, 15, 14. And yeah. fifteen, fourteen, Aftis of her purification was already there. However, Beza makes no mention mm-hmm. of it.
0: Yeah. So, so the reading existed more or less, uh, and, and and this is really kind of the problem in the whole discussion is that that um, you just sat and probably painfully watched us do text criticism for about half an hour. Yeah. Uh, we 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 looked through bo- all the evidence and we we actually read and took Beza at his word. We didn't assume anything of Beza. We didn't assume that he was some idiot. We didn't assume uh, that he had ill intentions or anything like that. Or that he was divinely, <sighs> you know, inspired to read and write the Bible. Right? right. Yeah. Uh, but it, it makes sense to to me at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, his reasoning, yep. um, theologically at least, so that makes sense. So the the claim number two.
1: Well, well, one one thing you said yeah. there too. I think we need we need to say one thing that was okay. said on online and has been circulating is. Codex D or ca- Codex Cantabrigiensis, right? Cantabrigiens. I can't say it. I'm not gonna try. Codex Beze. Let's just Codex, go back. Blues, Codex blues, D, Beze, Codex yeah. Beze, uh has off two. So of him mm. or of its purification, which is interesting. So off of her purification is not extant at all, as far as we know. Um, in any of the extant manuscripts we have, handwritten manuscripts, we don't have off tees, So that's where right. they point and say, see, um, and off two of his purification is supported by the Latin, the Syriac, the Sahidic, uh, and Boharic Coptic, Um, but there are none in existence today, uh, and thus they would argue that ever existed that had oftis or of her purification. Now, a a question that that Taylor had posed earlier was, in response to this this claim, is that do you have those manuscripts? Do you have every manuscript that ever existed? Mm. Well, no, we know we don't. Um, Then how do you know that there was never that reading there? Because we have it. The reading is here you might say that yeah. we retranslate it from latin into into greek but it's still
2: here i mean if you're not if you're not gonna like <clears throat> i don't really understand i don't know what the you know the critical method um you know might say to respond in response to this but if you're only gonna look at what surviving manuscripts there are and you're not gonna look at what people have said about other manuscripts that may have existed i right. don't know how that could be that doesn't seem intellectually like
1: no it doesn't comport
2: yeah it doesn't comport with uh with logic, really, because I mean, it's, it's, this was, I mean, centuries ago, like them, they, they might've had something we don't have today. I mean, they, yeah, wouldn't, well, that seems
1: to be just discounted. Anything. That's always swept under the rug is, well, that's ridiculous. We have to go off what we have now. Why?
0: Yeah. Why that, do that
1: we have to do that? seems
2: ridiculous. That to me seems ridiculous.
0: <clears throat> and so it all comes down to, again, and what we've been saying from the beginning is that we're, we're not trying uh, to, to use the methodologies of the, the German scholars, um, so, so the claim that went around,
1: uh, a popular apologist put it out f- for our community, well, a couple months ago, said, yeah. recreate a uh, a system that would give you the TR again. You've missed the entire point. Yeah. Uh, we we don't want to, nor do we think we need to do that. Yeah. Our methodology doesn't say we need to recreate the text all the time.
0: Yeah, I don't think that comports with the idea that God has preserved His word. <clears throat> no, uh, we have we have the readings in in the printed editions, and you know any any decision on any readings left to do is is minute and it would be easily resolved with hmm. with a five ten minutes of textual criticism and so um again this all comes down to mischaracterizing the yep. position and yep. and 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 further the, these these claims tend to transition into just blatant attacks
1: attacks ad hominem <clears throat> misrepresentations
0: and, and so you'll, you'll you'll hear it said and i've seen this several times this week uh, that that T.R. Advocates are not concerned with what the authors of the New Testament wrote. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, you know, from the bottom of everything I am, I, I genuinely am. Yeah. And Dane, are you? Yes. I want, I want what Paul wrote. Eric, are you? Yeah.
1: I want what John wrote. So I want that's, what Isaiah wrote.
0: That's three witnesses attesting to the fact that we want the original reading. And, and, and by the law, that that's
1: three witnesses.
2: Any other any other type, uh, T.R. Advocate that I've ever spoken to is concerned <clears throat> with the exact same thing. We just believe that we have it, <laughs> right. and 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 so right.
0: you know categorically that's bearing false witness. If you hear somebody uh, s- say that you know these guys just aren't interested in and uh, in, and knowing what the authors wrote, that is, I'm sorry, but that's bearing false witness.
1: We're, we're interested in defending what the TR says. No, we're interested in what mm-hmm. Paul wrote. Just like yeah, yeah it's it's mm-hmm. false witness.
0: Yeah, and so uh, there it, might it, be some people that don't care.
1: I, not, I'm not one of right. them. Right,
2: it's just it, not it, helpful to you know, the conversation either. It's like can we yeah, in the past assuming what I'm. What it's a it's with,
0: a gross you know? mischaracterization of of the of the pros, of the actual position. It's um, a huge generalization. Mm, yeah. You know, we could easily say all modern uh, critical text advocates aren't making an attempt to find the original, and we would be cor- tinkering. And we would be correct if we were talking about the, the, the people actually putting together Greek testaments
1: in Germany. Mm.
0: We would be absolute one hundred percent of the people that are putting together Bibles um that are, that are being translated from
1: like the NA28 NA2, UBS NA20,
0: yeah all of your modern bibles come from a team of of men and women who do not think they can find the original that are not trying to find the original don't
1: care to they don't, don't care to.
0: they don't think they can They don't care what Paul <clears throat> said right and but then for me to say that every single person that supports the modern, modern critical text isn't trying to find the original
2: mm. that would
0: be me bearing false witness because right, it's I not know true. I know for a fact uh, I have I have many many friends who, who do believe that when they read their ESV and when they read their, their NASB that they are reading the original words and, they, and, and it brings them great comfort. Mm-hmm. I can't point at them and say, you're not even trying to find the original uh, reading of what Paul wrote. It, it would just be a gross mischaracterization of what yeah. they actually believe and it would be bearing false witness. So, so,
1: and to say you don't care what he wrote. It just, it,
0: it, when, I, when I saw that kind of going around, I was, I was really... That's been going
1: around for a long time. I right? was really
0: offended. I, I saw it a while back and I saw it again this week. And mm. so it, it's just, it just it's, it's kind of sad. Yeah. Um, but because there are no believing scholars doing textual criticism right now, um, I, I think that's something to really inspect. You know the people that are actually putting together Bibles. Uh, it, it's certainly something that that wooed me over to the the, the theological method for determining the text of Scripture. That's yep. for sure. Uh, when when the alternative position is is so horribly weak hmm. uh, that 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 kind of turned my ear to it. So, hmm. um, if we adopt and, and this, this kind is our of second answer <clears throat> and too. this kind of ties back into Luke two twenty two, if we adopt. The modern critical method at Luke 2.22, we adopt an endless amount of indeterminate readings and an uncertain changing text. It's not about Luke 2.22. 2. 22. It's right. not about Revelation 16.5. Uh, it's not about these individual 14, readings. One. 14 1, like all these readings that are constantly brought up. And it's not about that. The point is, when you adopt that empirical methodology, you, you essentially are siding with the people that are saying we, we aren't trying to find the original. We don't want to find the original. It yeah. can't be done. Mm. Um, every single time we make a new Greek Testament, we're making a new Bible. They, they literally say that.
1: Who was the guy that said that? DC Parker. DC Parker. So,
0: um, and, uh, and DC Parker's like the main guy in the UK. Uh, and yeah. so it, it's, it's just, uh, it, it's one of those, one of those things where, where, uh, uh, if we, if we, you know, fold and say, okay, Luke two twenty two you can have that one. Yeah. Um, fine, that that's okay. But, but what does that entail? Mm. That means that I have to put my trust, uh, that, that I have to trust basically the word of God to people that don't believe in the same, uh, God as I do. Yep. Uh, and, and, and that is, that is, you know, who, who is in charge of, 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 of transcribing the oracles of God, mm. the prophets and the apostles, the holy men. Mm. Um, and, and, and I think it's, 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 a uh, very unattractive in terms of a, of a mm. logically sound position mm. um, to put my trust in someone that doesn 't believe in the same thing I do um, and and who further doesn 't treat the scriptures with any reverence. Uh, these are the people that are actually putting together Greek text. Mind you, this is not people that are interested in text criticism that are believing not um, some of the
2: apologists for it some
0: of the apologists like even Dan Wallace you know he's mm. a, he a text critic, but he has no say in the community. Uh, unfortunately, that would be amazing if if some believing text critics were able to kind of throw their hat in the ring and and, and wrestle with these guys, but it, it's just not. Only well,
1: did that with the Tyndale House, you know, they actually yeah, right. did they tried, that. They however, that, yeah. there's no translations of the Tyndale House Bible. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. but it, you know, also, so basically, what we're being told is, well, we should go with the majority reading. The majority reading is often. Mm-hmm. The All the evidence points. All of the majority text reads. Off tongue, which is interesting from a critical textual position to yeah. now be pointing at the majority text, going majority text at us.
0: Yeah. Yeah, that's actually what, when, I, when I saw that this week, uh, I found that really interesting because typically reasoned eclecticism tends to uh, default to Vaticanus. Yep. Um, nine times out of ten, they, they, they use Vaticanus as a base text. In fact, um, Dan, uh, uh, who is a David Allen Black calls reasoned eclecticism the new received text position. Mm uh, be be because of that. Um, yep. So, uh, even even if you go with majority reading as a modern critical text advocate, you're mm. you're you're not being consistent with your own methodology. Right. Uh, in terms, you know, like oh well, even the majority text says that. It's like okay, well then then care about the majority text in every place. Yep. Not just where it's convenient. Yep. Uh, so, and, and, yeah. So. And
1: yeah, since since when does extant manuscript attestation alone prove a
0: reading to be authentic it can't right it can't because you you could have uh this is, this is an interesting thought experiment here so the the assumption is that that the text has become so corrupted that you can't true up the reading with a true manuscript uh historically the every every believing text critic believed yes the corrupt corruptions had come into the text mm-hmm. uh, i don't deny that i mean even turretin uses that language you have all the 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 you know 16th yeah, the, century guys they all use yeah, that there, word. There was a
1: giant straw yeah. man made it like this week like w- we say you can't say corruption like what are you talking about
0: no that that was very common language but what yeah. they meant by corruption was not a wholesale uh universal corruption that mm. went throughout the whole text yeah they always 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 believed that where there was a corruption in a reading you could easily find the correct reading whether by internal evidence or by manu- by a better manuscript uh, and
1: that was claim five that was made, actually. <clears throat> Skip down a bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. But anyway, yeah. To, to
0: make this point, even in the cases where the extant data is overwhelmingly in support of one reading, because you don't have that original uh, uh, autograph, there is no way you can actually confirm that that reading is correct. Right. Obviously, you can give yourself some peace of mind, hmm. but, but this is why the theological method for determining the text of Scripture is so important. Because you're trusting that, that the work of the Holy Spirit in uh, the people of God through the ages mm. is powerful enough to actually preserve God's word. Like the
1: Bible says. would.
0: Like the, the readings that you know, that the church invisible, the church little c Catholic has received are the readings that we should be showing favor to and that we mm. should lean to. And, and so we're not, ad, we're not trying to avidly, blindly defend the TR per se. The TR is just what ended up happening. Yeah. Um, right. If it was any other text, sure, we, we'd throw our, our gauntlet down yeah. on that too. Right. Um, but it was the TR. Yeah. It, the TR was the one, and, and uh, so we're not blindly defending the TR. We're blindly defending what we think the scriptures lay out as to the method that God would preserve His Word. Well, and, and
1: it's often characterized as one one of these positions. One of these things is not like the other. Hmm. One position blindly just believes a traditional yeah. text. And just, oh, this is the one, and I can't tell you why it's the one. It's just the one. It just is. And the other side has evidence on its side, and it, yeah. it examines all of the evidence, and it makes an empirical decision on things. No, no it doesn't. It's the same thing. You, both are faith claims. None, none of us have the, the autographs, do we not? We no. only have apographs. We are saying the apographs in the tradition of the TR, preserve the autograph. Yep. They are saying we don't know. But the faith, either way, you have to have faith that the extent data that you're looking at yep. on either side is accurate to the original. We yep. would say that's in the T r tradition, the Masoretic tradition
2: yeah, <clears throat> both both ways it seems like it's a it's you know some kind of tradition yeah you know?
0: right and I, I posted a video on my YouTube this week about how the Alexandrian priority, which is the kind of the underpinning of reasoned eclecticism right. not kind of it is it is the under it's the entirety of reasoned eclecticism for the most part and uh, it, it it it's it's a tradition. Yeah. You 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 have to, and, that, and that's something that I think that maybe would could gain some ground in this conversation is if if those that, um, first of all disclaimer, not everyone cares as much as we do about this. Uh, yeah. There's a handful of people on both sides that really go to the gridiron on this and try to fight it out and everything mm-hmm. like that. Uh, Honestly, like we've said this before, but but the only reason we're continuing to address this is because no one is stepping up uh, to 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 kind of. Shoot down some of these claims that are all over social media,
2: hmm. uh,
0: and, and and it's getting to the point where it it, it is still being ho- uh, it's still hostile to read anything that's not a modern version. Hmm. It's still hostile, and and like I've seen I've seen people get really discouraged over it who who don't know the conversation. They just want to read their NKJV or KJV.
2: Yeah, I generally like quote the NK. I mean, it's sometimes the KJV, but for the most part, it's, you know, I quote the New King James in any kind of post or anything like that, and like. I've gotten called a KJVO for posting quotes from the New King James. Right. Yeah. And Which is I'm why. Just I just like, always quote the it KJV. Even, it's superior anyway. So I just go for that. Oh, I'm yeah. just like, why is this even a problem? Like, right. Is this why? Something we should be discussing as, like, you know, as a family, not not getting yeah. polarized about and yeah. trying to.
1: Yeah. Why, why? Why is it that you can post a English Bible translation that is an accurate English Bible translation? You don't think it's the most accurate? Still accurate. Yeah. Uh, and yet you get. Hated on for it. You know? Now, if you're
0: posting with the NLT, on the other hand, no, oh, right, that's fine. Yeah, yeah.
1: that's fine. We can shoot well, that down.
0: so and, and what I would like, and maybe this is a little bit too out there, but but what I would like uh, to see is is somebody that if you know you're one of those people that is gung ho, uh, critical text, uh, ESV onlyist, you know NA twenty eight <laughs> onlyest and, and you think that we're flat out wrong, um, come out and just say that the KJV is not scripture. Mm-hmm. Come out and say the TR is not scripture. Be bold about it, at least. Be be front up front about it. But don't. But don't you know? Like, don't keep like taking these little punches at Bazin, Erasmus. Like, you don't have any beef with them. Like, they're they're on your team. If you're a Reformed Christian, they're on your team. Mm-hmm. Like, like you need them.
1: Yeah.
0: Like you want them yeah. on your side. Don't give them to Rome. Like, d- don't give Bayes to the Papists. Don't give Erasmus to the Papists. Uh, that that would be a huge defeat in terms of church history. Yeah. But but like if if you want to keep on shooting down this thing don't i mean really just come out and say it this is not god's word Mm. uh and then that's how it's being treated because that's how this conversation is being treated uh Mm. and and i think that it would be fair for that to just be said and Mm. just get it over with so at least we know where we stand you know you don't think that we're reading god's word
1: we're basically using the joseph smith translation at the end of the day i mean if you want to call if you want to say that then go ahead and say it yeah um the third claim that was made against us is that the confessional text position pretends to do textual criticism. Now the the answer to this is kind of interesting. Yes, you are correct. If by critical or textual criticism, you are defining it in such a way that it has to be the same methodology that was used Mm -hmm. at different times in history, but um, mostly the 19th or the 20th century, Mm -hmm. the one that was really popular 20th century. If you're not using that, then that that methodology, then you're not doing textual criticism, then yeah, I agree. Uh, No, we're not. And if we're trying to use the same methodology to prove the TR, then yeah, we are pretending. However, the Mm -hmm. methodology we're using is not the same. We're not trying to uh, show, uh, reconstruct, using the extent evidence that we have now and Mm -hmm. and the evolutionary enlightenment uh, ideology that that, that uses, methodology that brings in, uh these these canons of textual criticism for today we're not trying to use those because when we do textual criticism which is kind of like what we did at the beginning where we're looking at manuscript evidence and stuff is because they're saying this is wrong the tr is wrong um in these positions or in these different texts Mm. and so okay well let's look at the text and let's look at try to see where they got their information that's all we're doing. We're not trying to reestablish a text and say, see, we redid it again. We're just saying, with the extent of evidence that we have, can right. we even see where they are coming from? Right. Um, and, and that's what we're doing. We're not doing the same kind of textual criticism. Of course we're not.
0: Well, yeah. We, we, it made it into a printed edition. There is a reason for that. I generally tend to believe that the scholarship in the uh, 16th and 17th and 18th century... Uh, was much better than the scholarship we have today by a a long shot. Uh, So if it made it into a printed edition, then I'm going to try to see, okay, well, why did they do that? Not try to constantly uh, demean it and denigrate it and rip it apart and say, well, we have to be right. That sounds like a tradition. When you Mm -hmm. have to denigrate the work of a scholar that's way more, way more uh, thorough and and rigorous than anyone alive – it, that seems to me to be an, a, an opposite tradition as well. Right. well uh, and I, yeah, I, I wanted so, to say
1: this because yeah. I found this out recently, hmm. and um, it was kind of it was kind of interesting to me. And I didn't know this before, and not many people know this. Robert Stephanus, um, who made his editions of the TR, the fifteen fifty, uh, I think that's called the Royal Edition, the fifteen fifty one, where they add the where he added the verse numbers in the first hmm. time ever verse numbers were put in the New Testament, being the most famous of his two editions. Um, he actually didn't just know Koine Greek and biblical Greek. Yeah. He, the reason that Plato, Aristotle, uh, Thucydides, Aristophanes, Homer, any of them have verse numbers today, who put those in? I didn't know. Guess who it is? Robert Stephanus. That's how well he knew Greek. He, yeah. he, he, he versified all of the extent... Greek literature that had shaped a civilization and had shaped the very language of the Greek New Testament. So if anyone was able to look at variants uh, um, and, wow. and, and see things as, is this how Greek works? Because um, a lot of people point and be like, well, they didn't know about the Greek that we know now. Uh, m- most most seminarians who graduate, wow. and even a lot of professors at seminaries, I'm sorry, prove me wrong if, if you think differently, cannot pick up Plato and read Plato. Cannot uh, sit in an armchair and read Homer. <laughs> Yep. However, that was the case back then, and even up until recently, um, 1800s. These men, uh, you, you read, uh, what is the book's name? Thoughts on Preaching by Alexander. Uh, he said he used to just pace and, and read classics with no translation. No, you know, Every once in a while you can sell a lexicon. These men knew the languages. Yep. And so Robert Stephanus... When he's making his additions and he, uh, you know, as, as Dr. White says a lot on his, his program, you know, he has, which I'm really jealous of, a, a 1550 Stephanus. That yeah. thing is awesome, man. I mean, yeah, if you're going to win the argument, I guess that does win the argument. But <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, but, I mean, that, that's an awesome thing to have. And it has textual variant readings in the sides yeah. and, and on the bottom. In, in the margins, it has different variants, uh, kind of like a, a rough form of that as a TR version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. If anyone was able to work with the, the evidence available, if anyone was able to look at different manuscripts and, and actually understand what's going on from a Greek language perspective, is it uh, Bart Ehrman? Is it, uh, you know, some of these modern German guys? I mean, they might be very well great Greek scholars, but for the most Maybe part most I know, seminary professors. Most seminary professors I know cannot work with Greek that way they they can parse greek uh, i think it's in and i'm not trying to knock this book but going deeper in greek is is an interesting very good book by kostenberger however in the back of it he, this is for intermediate upper intermediate level greek at seminaries it says keep up on your keep up on your greek guys do 10 verses a day 10 verses 10 verses is what it takes to be reading greek really
2: hmm.
1: how about 8 chapters a day how about 5 chapters a day how about a chapter a day yeah. i mean that that that's baseline if you're reading a chat, if, if if you're a, if you're a a pastor and you're like, hey, I know English, but I only read ten verses a day in my English Bible, you don't know English, and you're not reading your Bible. So don't say you know Greek and read ten verses a day in Greek.
2: I mean, yeah. there's some guys that read only out of the Greek. Yes. Out of the
1: uh, yeah, I, I know quite a few guys that only yeah. read Greek.
0: So the the, all that being said, first of all, you know, we we don't want to we don't as from the very beginning of our of our podcasting on the on the tr and textual criticism we don't want to body slam anyone you know we don't we don't want to just attack someone but but i hope that this is very apparent we are taking a defensive posturing here yeah we are not trying to strike back at anyone right now right um what we're trying to say is that when these attacks come at beza and erasmus and Stephanus, these men were more uh able and capable in these languages than than anyone alive today uh, their, their base language was Latin. They were fluent. In they, it. they were demonstrably better at it. Yeah. And so, for someone to sit there and and sit and say, oh, well, these guys didn't know Greek that well, or they didn't. They uh, didn't know about the what is the rule they always point to? The one the. Uh, the harder reading or what?
1: No, no, no. The rule that's uh they they didn't know about. It's in a.
0: The Grand the Grand sharp, Grandville Sharp. Grandville Sharp rule. Sharp
1: rule Come is, on! Yeah. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me? I'm sorry, but are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. These men who read and, and versified Plato and Homer were not aware of how Greek works and Koine Greek, a very very easy form of Greek. They were not aware of, of how to translate in the KJV and in the Geneva and all that. Our great God and our Savior, they didn't understand what that meant. They had to wait till 18th centuries, you know, until the 18th century when people figured out the Granville Sharp. Are you kidding me? Yeah, it's, you it's... have to be joking.
0: So it's, it's one of those things where it's almost astounding to hear these kinds it's astounding. of, these kinds of arguments. Um, and so the point, the point of all that is, is, is it's fine. If you read an ESV or an NASB, like keep reading it. Like that's, that's okay. But stop, right. but stop. I mean, stop saying essentially that this is, that the TR is not scripture, that the KJV is not scripture.
1: We're going to defend it. Cause we're going to defend so don't, it. So don't we, get, we, don't get upset when we're defending
0: it. We have to defend it. You right. know, and, and we, we, we really don't want to start internet fights. You know, we, we don't we don't wanna we don't really wanna get uh, into it with people on the internet. We are trying to show, hey, we just did some textual criticism. You might not like mm-hmm. the way we did it, but we, we definitely did textual criticism and you have to recognize that if we're defending a tradition, so is the other side. Everyone is. So is the other side. And Dane, you pointed out really really I mean, I think really importantly that that since none of us have the original and since, uh, you know, even you, you look at like Eldon J. Epp and you look at D.C. Parker, that we are maybe trying to find an early form of the New Testament. Maybe.
1: Mm-hmm. That's what they're trying to find.
0: If that's the case, mm-hmm. then the believing uh, advocate of the modern critical text is in the same boat as we are. Right. At the absolute same boat. Because you can't say with absolute certainty that the words that you're reading... Are the original words? You just can't say it, uh, not uh, not by empirical evidence at no. least. No, yeah, yeah. You'd
1: have to literally have Paul's big handwriting at the end of Galatians and be like, "There it is." Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's
0: there's the writing that old blind man. <laughs> uh, so you know, it, it's especially when only consulting
2: extant evidence. I mean, right? That's the I know point. We're all looking at extant evidence, but we're also looking at what people said you know, in a way different time period about what extent evidence there was they then. had. Yeah. I'm like kind of stuck on that one. It's kinda of hard for me to, to fathom that you would only consider what you can yeah, it, hold in your hand. Right. And, when
1: when we can't when I when I started coming to this position, that was a big thing for me where I was like, That sounds so arrogant. That sounds so it just seems anti like intellectual. But
0: in Yes, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And and so the the whole the reason why we're reinventing re- the wheel. The reason why we're recording this podcast is just kind of clear the rubble out and say like, okay, listen, we're we're able to engage with text criticism. We're doing it differently, obviously, because we have a different underpinning uh, theology behind it all. Yeah, we have a different view of the text, and mm-hmm. either either you're okay with that or you're not. But but don't um, you know don't result to saying that we don't care about what Paul said or what John said. Uh, that's bearing false witness, just plain and simple. Um, we 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 have demonstrated that we're willing to engage with the variants we've i mean a number of times i mean jeff riddle's been doing it for years uh and and so it, it, if 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 you truly do believe that the new testament is so corrupt that you cannot get to the original i, I think that 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 it's not fair to then point your finger and say you traditionalist yeah. uh i mean come on get show some grace I, I think it might be worth considering if you're
2: if you're you know Looking into this, and you're kind of as baffled by a lot of it as I am. You know, it might be just worth considering, you know, your own starting point. Like, mm-hmm. like maybe the modern method of doing textual criticism isn't the most faithful to the Word of God as the Word of God. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's not the most, uh, you know, maybe it's not the best way to do it. You know what I mean? Especially when we're talking about a text that's unlike any other ancient text. Yeah. I mean, if you're a Christian and you're interested in textual criticism, all of us modern or tr whatever are coming into it with the presupposition that god preserved his word that this is the word of god the revealed word of god yeah as i've said the last podcast i was in you know i i and i still believe this and i've yet to really hear anyone address it if you are holding that this is the preserved word of god and you're still looking for where the word of god is preserved you're still looking for what the word of god actually is it's there but it's hidden behind all these other readings and whatnot, you're making an irrational leap from Mm. the assumption that God preserved his word to the evidence that shows he didn't. Yes. So, so in this view, again, they have way more of an in-depth understanding. They can tell you the names of the people involved and you know, site specific things. These guys read Greek way better than I do. I'm just looking at it in more in a, you know, in a somewhat reductionistic way where I'm going from the TR position, I can tell you that I know God preserved his word, and here it is. You mm. know what I mean? Like, this is where it was preserved. Mm. So I just think it's worth, when you're going into this whole thing, challenge your own assumptions, challenge your presuppositions. And, mm. you know, I hate to sound too punk rock, but, like, challenge the authority of the institutions. You know mm. what I mean? Like, maybe the, the scholars, you know, sitting in a room in uh, you know, Germany, I guess, you know, like, like maybe Monster. they don't have it completely figured out. Maybe they're coming at it from a presupposition that says this is a text just like Plato or Homer or anything, they else. are, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, so consider that when you're when you're looking into this stuff. I mean, yeah. there's not, you know, one way. There's a a way that's faithful to the text being God's word, and then there's without without, you know, attacking Christians that hold to this vehemently. In my view, there the other way is not faithful to the word of God as the word of God. So, mm. I would just right. say. know consider those things
0: yep and 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 yet we we don't we're not going to sit here and call the modern critical text proponents traditionalists we're not going to sit here irrational, irrational illogical and that sort of thing oh these are
1: brilliant men um
0: yeah yeah, seriously a lot of these i mean bart Ehrman is is one of the most brilliant text critical scholars alive and he well i've
1: been told recently he's he doesn't he's not a text
0: critic really
1: (laughs) that's what i was told I
0: mean 95 percent uh-huh. of of what Bart Ehrman says is the position of the believing modern text critic.
1: Not 100%, yeah. Just without the belief. Oh, well, 90, 95%. 95. It works 100% of the time 95%. Of the time. <laughs>
0: so, I mean, you can you can go and look at at the actual textbook that he co-authored with Bruce Metzger. Um, yeah. you know, and who, what who are they teaching in seminaries? Who what textbooks are there?
1: Metzger and Ehrman.
0: Metzger and Ehrman. They're there. And so this is, not, this is not crazy. I mean, if, if, you, if you've ever heard of Bart Ehrman, you've ever seen him debate, he, he's, uh, every single Christian I've seen him debate, he just plays around with. When, when they, they're playing on his terms. When, when, when they try to talk text criticism with him, he, he quite literally jokes around and plays around like a cat and mouse. Yes. Uh, he, he's he's so far beyond the 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 capability in text criticism specifically, not in theology or anything. I know he got his MDiv from Princeton, but like. Um, theologically, obviously, really bankrupt, but yeah. <laughs> uh, in, ter- in terms of, It should be a little bit telling, right? <clears throat> right. 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 Like, right. I mean, yeah. it's 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 very interesting that that a, a staunch proponent of the faith is is in the textbooks of the seminaries, and it's it's very very interesting. But let, but... let me
1: ru- let me run through these claims that were made just to make sure because we've kind of covered them all, yeah. Except for claim six, let's do that quickly. But we've covered them all, but we just haven't gone in order. So I'm just going to make sure everyone. You, you, can, you can sift around and make sure that we cover these yeah. uh, claim 1, Beza made a pure conjectural inundation in Luke 2.22 claim 2, TR advocates are not concerned with what the original author's wrote. claim 3, the confessional text position pretends to do textual criticism, claim 4, you can't do textual criticism by definition you're defending a tradition claim number 5, the TR advocates argue against the idea of a corruption and then claim 6 if you're, and this is one of the big ones right now Claim six, if your textual criticism methodology cannot be replicated, you are defending a tradition.
0: And uh, the, the methodology that apparently can replicate a text, you know, the, is the one that can't replicate a text, that can't even come to a text. Yeah.
1: Well, the thing uh, is, there's 28 editions of the, uh, the Nestle Allen. How, how is that?
2: Yeah. And they're not duplicates.
1: No, no, they're different texts every time, yeah. <laughs> right? So if you're using the same standards every time, I know you could say, oh, we're looking at different evidence, uh,
2: and that's Rarely. part of the problem, though, yeah. is that anytime there's any slight, you know, new evidence, yeah. that comes to light, you have to
0: change mm-hmm. the text. Well, and if you force others to adhere to a methodology that agrees ninety-five percent with Bard Ehrman, you're defending, um, advocating for a tradition. I mean, yeah. like, and and it's very interesting, and obviously, like, I'm not trying to make an appeal to. Uh, you know the the like poison the wall here and say right, like right. oh well you're in cahoots with this person and the Jesuits and this guy and that guy and like um, but it was kind of true you know oh, yeah, and, yeah. and there, there's a bit of truth in there yeah and uh, decide for yourself we we shouldn't we shouldn't yeah. <laughs> we shouldn't be handing our 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 Bibles over to uh, to to atheists and, and, and uh, opponents of the faith I'm I mean, sorry.
2: certainly wouldn't trust them to you know do exegesis and discover you know like deliver our theology to us. But we'll let yeah, them deliver the so theology deliver... of the text to us. Yeah, that and why do we let them deliver the basis for our theology? Yeah, the actual text
0: itself. <laughs> right. And, and just to be clear, so Airman what... isn't on the NA-29 team or no, no. NA-28 team or anything like that. But he represents what they believe. Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I he,
1: mean, he's helped with them a lot. And right. Raised them. But so, he's a real academic. He does tons of stuff. Right. Usually we aim for an hour and 15 minutes. I think, honestly, we're going to have to go probably a little bit longer than we usually do. Sure. Um And... You guys can pause and <laughs> pause take take a break uh, for a few days. Come back, whatever you gotta do. Maybe you don't. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I think um, the
0: last point on claim six it, that that your text critic, excuse me, that your textual criticism methodology cannot be replicated. You're defending a tradition. Uh, first of all, the the modern critical textual methodology can't be replicated, and and second of all, the methodology itself is was created for the Alexandrian family.
1: Yes. Yes, uh, it literally was. It, it,
0: it, it like. It was created to prove a point, which is the opposite of science. Like, like that's the opposite of how you're supposed to do science. If
1: um, well, this is know. kind of a, this is kind of just you know obviously this is an anecdote and this is an a, a analogy and so take it for what's worth. But. I was just thinking, as I see a, a painting my son did over there. He's he's one and a half. Oh, it's wow. not the best painting. I've Better ever seen. than anything it's, I sure could guard, do. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. There very avant-garde. Um, yeah. So, but but the, it's kind of thing. If if uh, if us three painted something, it would come out really weird. But if we all three worked on a painting, um, there would be no way to ever replicate that again. We we could we could uh, uh, scholars could come back later. Why they would who knows, but they 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 could, they could look at the brush strokes and if they if they somehow knew each brush that we were using and the different kinds of brush, bristle or right right, and, and they were able to trace the brush strokes and stuff, and they'd figure out kind of like how the process happened in this painting that we collaborated on we did a, a trio on um, that, could they replicate that exact thing again it's just it's' just a, it's, a, it's an absurd in my opinion i i look i I flip that, and it's almost like saying the same thing with. Can you remake the TR again? No. Why Why would I want to? Why do mm-hmm. I need to? Why do, why do we need to do that? If the, the thing is done. I don't need to make the painting again. Right. Yeah. The, the text has been given. It's been preserved. It's been uh, received. I'm done. It's a done. It's done. I don't need to. Yeah.
0: Well, and the, the funny thing is, think about this for a second. Uh, a text that's over, I mean, that's the New <clears throat> Testament at least, is 2,000 years old at this point, uh, a little bit younger than that but th- about two thousand years old uh why is it still changing yeah i mean can, if we can, know what the word is if it's we if, if, if it's preserved hmm. then why is it taken this long i mean really since uh i mean 18 early 1800s why has it taken us nearly 200 300 years to figure out what well, it says and, and and i'm sorry but you can flip that whole argument on its head of
1: the like um Christians in Carthage at you know 425 AD and, and 560 AD ha- would never have known such a text. You could literally flip it around and say the exact same thing about the modern critical text today. Because you can't prove it. Well, well yeah, that, exactly. Or, or any of the texts. You can't, you can't, can't prove say. it because there's right. no
2: extent. I got a question. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, my, my question is so are the proponents of modern critical text, modern textual criticism, saying that <coughs> you need to be able to you need to be able to replicate the results of your methodology yes. or that you need to be able to just replicate the methodology
1: no you have to what is the methodology you use what you mm. have to be able to make a consistent methodology was the, mm. the challenge they can reproduce in exactitude the book of revelation as it is in so the they're
2: t- they're talking about you have to be able to replicate the product the product so you have to have a consistent methodology, methodology that, that you yeah. can apply multiple times and hmm. get the same thing Determine the same. okay just not what they do yeah and that doesn't happen that doesn't happen I mean you have 29 versions of 28, well, 28
0: 28 well 28.29 6 <laughs> well yeah they're releasing but I mean here's my methodology I'm mean, okay I, I, am I, I'm gonna take am the text hear? critical work of, of other people and uh, just and, and look at that mm-hmm. right. received by who right the tr- by me yeah well, right like, and you know, if that's
2: I mean but if, also if that's the case why why don't we pay attention to the methodology used by former scholars I don't know if I'm you know, no, no, that, no, it's yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, that's
1: exactly that's that's what we were talking about earlier. And about Beza was his theological method, where he looked at it and said, mm, "That doesn't jive with the Old Testament." Right. I'm going to go ahead and read off T's. So, if we replicate his methodology, we'll end up with off T's. right? Yeah, but it has to be consistent, as in it has to be able to be consistently used in every single place of the New Testament, right? I, yeah, I which that. is but which it, is not what no no method <clears throat> exists like that. Please yeah, show me a method and
2: explain it to me. I, I get that, yeah. but that's what I, that's what I'm trying to say is like, if you, you, how do you sort of I don't want to like go off on some weird side thing, but I feel like if you are, you know, you have a methodology formulated in the you know late eighteen hundreds, early nineteen whatever, and then you sort of apply that to all the work that's been done. I mean, is that not anachronistic? I mean, you yes. know, you're 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 looking at everything that was done by this guy, that guy, this guy, that guy that produced what we have today, and you're going, well, all of them should have applied a consistent methodology, but it didn't happen that way, and still we had the word of God, did we not? Because if or, we didn't, it wasn't preserved. And that, well, was, and that, that, and that was Taylor's that, challenge.
1: Earlier. That's my then challenge. say it's not the word okay. of God. Please,
0: please tell me. Please be, be honest. Yeah, you, I just don't be, see how you can believe that and still believe right, this be, is be the word of God. Be honest. You're, you're either, here's, here's what the majority of people are. The majority of people are going to say, KJV is the Bible, ESV is the Bible, NASP is the Bible. Mm-hmm. It's fine. But the people that are actually attacking our position, I, I want you to say it because you believe it. You have to believe it; otherwise, this wouldn't be a big deal to you. You have to believe that this be is not scripture, yeah. right? Like, like be consistent. If if this is such a dangerous position, please come out and say yeah. the KJV is not scripture. Please come out and say that the TR is not scripture, because that's the only reason I could believe that this is such a dangerous position. Ninety nine percent of the church mm-hmm. has no problems with the KJV outside of being told that they need to have a problem with the KJV. Yes. That that no one cares. Yeah. Nobody cares about people reading the KJV. We're not all Gail Ripplingers. We're, we're not all Ruckmanites. We don't. We don't do that kind of thing. And so, very few of us are Gene Kims. We're not Gene Kims, right? Like that's a bad example of someone that represents us. And so, uh, you know, not even close to Gene Kim in terms of theology or anything, really. Yeah. Uh, and, and so, I would like that kind of candor. Yeah.
1: Because then I, at least we have something to work with.
0: Because well, then we can stop talking about it. You know, then just be
1: like, okay, agree to disagree. That's a strange position to take, but because
0: you know. then we can say, okay, you don't think we're Christians. That's fine. You yeah. know, then then we can be we can be real, and you can understand maybe why fellowship is being broken with uh, people in in our camp, and and so that that would make sense. Yeah, yeah. but, and, that's but, my, that's but don't judge.
1: please. Yeah. Christ compels us all. <laughs> Do not twist what Brother Taylor just said and say that we are saying that we don't think ESV only is, and NA28 and, and uh, only is, and, and anyone in the modern critical text camp uh, are not Christians. Right. We're saying we're being treated as if we're not. You're saying our Bible isn't. You're Just, just please come out and say it and be honest. That's right. what we're saying. So don't say that we're saying about about the other side. We're not.
0: Uh, yeah, I'm we, fine with fellowship with
1: somebody with a with the ESV. If somebody's reading an ESV and not going to read a uh, KJV or an NKJV, whatever, read your ESV. We
0: have people that come to our church with the ESV and ASV. Like, it's yes. not it's not a problem. No, right. it's not yeah, a I problem. Know. It's not
2: something we divide over at all. Not a problem. Yeah. You're not required but to have. I said, have a, I said uh, in the last podcast, like this this is something that should have should be and should have always <coughs> been, uh, purely like a family table discussion. You know what I mean? And instead, it seems like there's more dividedness over this topic than there is over. You know, oh, it's all division. It's really all serious division. theological problems. Yeah, well, so, I
1: mean, once I'd say that there surprised. are people on our side too that are saying that it's you know oh, satanic, yeah. heretical to right. hold do their right. thing, and, and uh, I think I think it's extreme on both sides to say that. Right. Um, I think obviously we think there are huge problems with the modern translations. We think there are huge problems with the modern yeah. critical text. Uh, we think there are big theological right. issues, and but we're not saying that then equals not Christian or equals because you use the same Bible as Jehovah's Witness, mm. which you do. You use the exact same Bible that Jehovah's Witness to do, doesn't make you a Jehovah's Witness.
0: Yeah, so so that that would be that. Like, we're going to talk about some fallacious claims. We're going to talk about bearing false witness here in a second. Uh, but but the final thing that I really want to say, uh, in terms of our claim, the claims that are floating around on social media right now, our goal—we don't want to call anyone out. We don't want to start a fight. We're trying to defend our position because uh, it's been called out. It's been it's been called out. Uh, and and I I, I honestly don't really have any interest in engaging with individuals Mm -hmm. um what we're trying to do is present a defense for what was basically said about us that we don't have scripture um i I think that's genuinely what's being said and if if correct
1: me how yeah correct please please correct
0: us but like this this this, like
1: correct us how your methodology can say that our bible sucks and 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 is garbage and was made by a bunch of catholics uh and and mary worshipers like Beza poor Beza. um (laughs) And and yet somehow we're still Christian. So please clear that up.
0: And and at the at the end of the day, we have members of our congregation who really don't understand why, or care, like really like why uh, you you have people on the internet calling our church out. Why you have people on the internet conflating us with Steven Anderson um, and his beliefs and everything like that. You know, nothing against Anderson, but but you know, the, you don't know anything They're about us. You don't know anything about us. You don't know anything about what we believe. And our, now we have to answer to our church because we made a podcast addressing some things that were said about the, something that we believe in. And so come out. False claims. False claims. False claims. Bearing false witness. And so some common fallacious claims made by critical text advocates. Um, this, the, that Jan Kranz is beyond what is written is a one volume destruction of our position. I've seen that all over Facebook all over facebook
1: well i think uh dr white again not to make it about individuals but he was the one that started that exact yeah. phraseology and i've seen it repeated over and over
0: and over and and i don't i don't really want have you even had red
1: crons uh, i haven't or, really
0: been watching dr white lately because it's just i don't like getting yelled at by i don't like my dad yelled, i don't like getting yelled at <laughs> uh so what i will say in return is that uh has the Bible been kept pure? The Westminster Confession of Faith and the <laughs> Providential Preservation of Scripture by Garnet Howard Milne is the one-volume destruction of the modern critical text position. It's been said. Read it. Uh, so We're, we're, reading, crons. we're yeah. reading
1: Cron's. We're reading So We're reading the destruction on us, so please read the destruction on your position.
0: So, in terms of bearing false witness, it does not serve the Church to proceed in this manner. Uh, we're, we're, we're not... Traditionalists, we're we're not. Uh, we we do care what John has to say. We do care what the Bible says, believe it or not, because we are believers.
1: We don't just care about this calfskin edition of the of the of the TR. I actually have a lot nicer Bibles uh, of the uh, critical text. So, so it has nothing true. to do with just about defending a. A, a, a certain Bible or whatever the TR, this TR says yeah. uh, put out by Scrivener. I'm just going to defend it just because. That's a bearing false witness. That's not what I'm doing. It's not what I'm saying.
0: Yeah. yeah. So we've been saying this since the moment that we threw our hat in the ring. You guys.
1: Bearing false witness, whether it's our position doing it mm-hmm. to the other position or vice versa, is not helpful. We affirm that. Yeah. It is yeah. not helpful.
0: It's not helpful. And you have, you have claims that basically are saying that our position is ignorant uh, which in turn makes us ignorant. Um, that that uh, <laughs> ad hominem. At, at, you know, it, it's at it's baseline. it's yeah. it's it's kind of these these bargain bin sort of arguments. And I've been telling <laughs> <laughs> blue light special Kmart. Um, I've been telling a lot of people lately that that uh, so when people are trained to debate, and this might be controversial, but. Uh, I've debated before. When you're trained to debate, you're trained to get away with with as many informal fallacies as you possibly can without getting caught. That's the way that's the way debate goes. And just that's, that's what's controversial about this. What? <laughs>
2: of all the things you said, that's the controversial. Part? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I
0: just look for <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <clears> them. <throat> I, I think that like I'm kind of burnt out on talking about this anymore. I'm about to get like real excited if we keep going. But but the, you know we could talk about. Fallacies galore all day. That the Aldine printers used Erasmus's own work uh, to check his work with it because they just somehow didn't know that they had Erasmus's work. They're like, oh, this looks the same. Uh, we don't know that this was Erasmus's work, and we're checking Erasmus against Erasmus. That's assuming that everyone was was literally I- invalid back then. Like, <laughs> right. like what? Um, Daff. <laughs> it's it's just. Erasmus hadn't published an edition yet, and yet they had a published edition that they were checking them up against? <laughs> Oopsie. The, the,
1: this, this, this one uh, fallacious claim that was made against us, though, I, d- I did want to talk about. Yeah. Um, if you need to take an aspirin or something, that, please <laughs> I, do. I, I
0: ran out of coffee, and it, it <laughs> keeps me calm. There's some
2: Oreos. Uh, the,
1: there was oh, no... Right. Uh, and, and I think this was in regards to uh, something that Stephen Anderson said in one of his... Uh, videos responding yeah. to something um that there was a purification process from erasmus to base and i've also heard other people from our yeah. uh, side say this there's you know it doesn't matter that erasmus first edition even if it's so-called cool, it sucked that it doesn't matter if it sucked because then we have you know the Elsevier over a hundred years later also mm. um we have this purification process of the tr getting better um i think that needs to be fleshed out a lot more uh, from people in our position, because I have heard people say it, and I wouldn't necessarily disagree with it, because we do see, um, and again, you might not see these as, you might see these as corruptions, that's fine, but we do see an, a, a distinct change from 1514 all the way till 1633 um, of First 1 John 5-7 coming into the text. of uh, So the comma of Revelation sixteen five. the differences between esomenos uh, and osios, so mm. Holy One and shall to be you see those differences in the different editions of the t r yep. luke twenty two twenty two we just saw it off versus off versus Aftu. We have these different versions mm. plus uh I think it was scrivener did did the did the work on this there's about sixty seven between between uh the the uh, cardinal Jimenez in fifteen fourteen mm. till the Elsevier brothers in sixteen thirty three we have sixty seven minor differences a couple A couple of those are major differences in the TRs, Uh, uh, and and all the different printed editions of the TRs. We have sixty-seven, according you know, and and difference between the UBS one and uh, you know the NA twenty-eight. There's a lot more there.
0: Well, there was uh, what was how many like seventy something indeterminate readings introduced into Acts and the Catholic epistles? Epistles in uh, yeah, indeterminate readings. Indeterminate readings. So that means that uh, the so that's more readings or more, more changes than the than the TRs had, mm-hmm. in the NA28, where they can't actually determine what the verse says. That
1: that's really important. That might be a really important point to, yeah. for for some people who are yeah. listening to this, that have never heard that. Just flesh that out more. Okay. So calmly, unless you need an aspirin, I can get you one. No,
0: I, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna remain professional. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, so. About sixty seven minor changes. A few of them were significant obviously. Uh, but, but but I mean that is so small and, and you can actually come to a final reading in we're, every we're case. We're
1: talking about particles. Like yeah. If you don't know what a particle is in grammar, it's it's a little word like a like a an, a not or you know a, a connecting word, conjunctions, mm-hmm. uh, verb tenses that don't actually alter the meaning and translation, things like that. This is what we're talking about. So anyway, six. And then and
0: then a handful of ones that that makes that, and Very these are the smart. ones that everyone talks about. Yeah. Sixteen right, the five, five. The five. The five, you know, five or so really big variants that that, that they want to talk about.
1: Revelation fourteen one. Uh, Revelation 22, where it says either uh, xilu or vivlo, mm-hmm. vivlos. Yeah.
0: Yep. And then so, you know, you want to talk about significance and in, in the amount of changes. But, you know, you can call that a purification process because it was changing. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but in terms of how the the, the, the critical text and its form, which is in the, the NA28 and the UBS 5 right now, um, their purification process is inserting about 128 indeterminate readings over the next or in, in the last iteration of CBGM, you know, that, that's big. But in the
1: published NA28, there were 70, right? There, there were 70 or 70. so. So that's, that's three more places where just there's differences, yeah. where we, we, we line up all the TRs, we see 67 differences. And that doesn't mean each of them have 67 differences between each other. Huh. It means that there's just 67 places in all of the TRs yeah. versus the NA28 versus the NA27, where there's 70, 7-0 seven places Where they say we don't know the reading, yep, we just don't have. We we don't know what the reading is. They give multiple readings.
0: So the the way this works, it's a diamond, right? And then they translate what into English. The whatever one they think... whatever whatever. so so typically typically yeah it's whatever it's up to the translator. It's usually whatever is in the text. Yeah, translate. Yeah, so whatever was in the previous. So this is kind of how it works. Uh, We're going way over time, but maybe here's... we we talked about that. Here's 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 a here's sort of what they're doing (laughs) right now. Um, so, so they're running uh, th- they're running these 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 uh, relationships through the CBGM process, and they're they're determining what's called directionality. Uh, so, what directionality means is which variant gave birth to the other one. Mm-hmm. And so, if you can determine that this variant gave birth to the other one, this one's earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, which kind of it, it, this whole idea of the Ausgang text, which is basically the earliest form of the text. Mm-hmm. Uh, not the original, mind you, but the earliest form. And so they're trying to find the hypothetical beginning uh, as early as they can kind of get. And so what these diamonds mean is, is when they they have equally attested readings and they can't determine the directionality. Which one came first, the chicken or mm. the egg? Mm. And, and so they both are eggs. and They're like, well, which one's going to hatch first? You know, and, and, and they, chicken's dead, so mm. it's not going to hatch. Uh, and and so basically, what they're doing is basically, some of them have a little bit better evidence, uh, but oftentimes it's just which manuscript does the actual person working on it, the editor, trust more. Yep. Uh, and, and there there's seventy plus places, nineteen just in First and Second Peter, wow. where the where these diamonds are occurring, and they're gonna keep on increasing as they start to add to the ECM. This is going to increase more and more, the, and, the, more and more and more. The
1: editia Critica Maior, which is what you just said, yeah. uh, the, the, the major or huge or big uh, critical edition um, is going to be a multi-volume Greek testament, um, which will, uh, and, and even in the editions that are printed now, it has the text, uh, so the text of the Bible, and then where they have a variant, where they have an indeterminate reading, they have a bracket with both readings in the text itself. So not a footnote, mm. just in the text itself where it's kind of like the goosebumps you flip to like whatever page for the ending, you know, pick your own ending, or the Hardy Boys, I think, also had like some pick your own ending Oof. books and stuff. Right. So that's pretty cool. It's just, oh, I'm going go down, you know, yeah, sweet. It's the Bandersmith uh, Bible. Ooh, uh, <laughs> I'm going to go with, ooh, the particle here, that's great. Um, so yeah, yeah. That, that, that's what we're, that's what that means. The repercussions of this are huge in that we're already seeing it, when the NASB 2020 comes out, I'm, just, I'm only going to mention one of the ridiculous things because Dr. Riddle and Word Magazine uh, 121, I believe, uh, went through quite a few of the ridiculous uh, things that the NASB 2020 uh, is going to do. So the NASB is known as a word for word translation. You know, just boom, you, you, know, you got a word in Greek, bam, right in English for you. You know, Hebrew, whoa, English. So, you know, <laughs> you know exactly what you got. However, this new 2020 is coming out. Oh, that kind of fades away. That kind of slops down into a pile because now it's gonna do a lot of gender-neutral stuff anyway. In in John one eighteen, where we have the very famous, it's it's very embarrassing. But this is a, this is shows the ECM. Hmm. Um, you have in one eighteen where the, the the big debate is <laughs> whether it should say uh, the only begotten Son or the only begotten God or the unique God. So monogenēs theos or monogenēs ios in the 2020 all other tr- translations and all other greek printed texts have either said only begotten son as the tr or only begotten god or unique god as the na28 um i believe the tyndale house says only begotten son uh, or unique son um i don't support unique that's just what people know it as um however in the NASB 2020, this is projected what the, on their website they say they're going to do. Is I think it's going to say uh, it's going to have both, but I forget exactly how they render it. But it's going to say, uh, "God, the only Son, is in the arms of the Father." God, the only Son. So they just put both in there for you. So you don't even get the cho- you don't they, even get the they, choice. They, so you don't they, even get
2: the choice. You just have both. So they just so they kind of tried to synthesize the two different readings into one seems like
0: yeah they frankenstein monster them together both are in there
2: i don't know what comment i would have if i could (laughs) think of one but it's confusing
1: so so now when the new nasb 28 comes out or 2020 nasb 28 nasb 2020 comes out There's going to be, uh, you know, because it's new, and they're probably going to, you know, Skyler's going to jump on that and slap some buttery goat skin with like a, you know, lambskin liner on it, and you're like, i got to have that. It's red, you know? So it's got 17 tassels. I need it. Uh, 400 bucks. Boom. Gone. Um, You know, I I get it. I get it. It's great. Um, It's going to become really popular, Probably um at least you know have a small revival and there's gonna be people that bring their 95 to church because like oh we're using the nasb again and they're gonna pop it open and they're gonna have a completely different text than what the preacher is sitting there saying i have the nasb well you have the nasb now not the old ones don't count it's just it's just it's just wild to me i don't know i mean yeah we've obviously gone way over time i mean i think some of the stuff that we covered is is good can maybe the last few minutes we make a few comments uh you know, having brought you on, you you are not uh, you know, up to speed on all of these different things. I'm a layman. And I think that um well you're an officer in the church, sorry, buddy. No, that's um fair. but you're a layman in terms of the study of this, yeah, no. I get that. Um when we have uh, you know, you, you make a good point about the uh leap into the dark, the Kantian leap, the irrational leap and and I'd really like to see that fleshed out more, but that's I would love that, to
2: hear somebody who disagrees with me, uh respond to that and, and yeah how
1: you can be like god has preserved his word and then really. jump towards a text that says we don't know what god's word is because i've just heard it, it is. yeah
2: i've just heard it said <clears throat> that you know we believe in god's word but i've never heard how that actually logically connects
1: whereas so, we can go yeah here
2: so yeah skip back in the video i guess listen to what i said again and then, and then respond. but but
1: anyway as as somebody who's kind of sat here listening what what are what are do you do you have a a, a question that's kind of been pricking your mind this whole time or a comment um, that Taylor or myself can try to answer. Well, because there's a lot of information, a lot of stuff that people
2: yeah, have not I mean, heard I'm, before. I'm really, I'm, am processing. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of it, A lot of this stuff I've, I've heard before, but in a lot greater detail. Right. And mm. so, you know, he, hearing you guys recount the actual circumstances of of a lot of these things, you know, it's interesting. But y- you know, the one thing that I, I guess, I still have questions about is is you know right so there was this purification process from you know the first uh what we would call the tr to the latest edition of the tr um and in that i mean how how do we say how would how would we say that like this is you know god's preserved word even though there's been some you know some things that have have changed over that time Mm. even though that was like a brief time period you know what Mm. i mean and it did mm. come to a close. Mm.
0: Um, I wouldn't necessarily call it a purification process. Like right, I, I don't yeah, want to borrow yeah. that terminology okay. uh, yeah. from Stephen, but the the more or less they were just doing textual criticism. Right. They were doing it from a believing perspective, and, and that's why you know you look back anachronistically at what they were doing and said, but but where's their methodology? What were they doing? And and, and instead of trying to understand what they were doing, and actually in Jan Kranz's book. He, he he has this really intricate chart of Erasmus's methodology, and it's far superior and more sophisticated than anything I've seen in any textbook, um, mm. modern textbook. Mm. Uh, uh, so <laughs> check that out. That graph is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but they're they're trying to take modern methodology, point them back at those text critics, and saying, see, because they're not doing what we're doing, we just aren't going to understand them. Mm.
1: Um,
0: and, and they they and they so it, it's not. That it was a purification process. It was the process that that God was using organically through time and, and believing text critics uh, to to basically take everything that the church had received in the throughout the ages to keep his text to pure. keep his text pure In all ages and all ages, right? <laughs> yeah. So I mean, the, the the they weren't the text critics of the 16th century weren't inspired. They weren't. They didn't have right. magic Holy Spirit hands. You know, it wasn't anything like that. They they simply were trying to be faithful and and determine what has God preserved uh, throughout the church history. Mm. That's what we're trying to do. And so when we see a reading, you know, in in these in the TR uh, that we don't understand, we're, we're taking and saying, "But where was their extant data?" That's not the question we're trying to answer. Yeah. Um, that, that's the question they're trying to answer about about Stephanus and Beza and Erasmus. But that's not the question they were trying to answer.
2: Mm. So, so what, as a, you know, probably not someone on the layman level, but as somebody who is looking at the, the TR tradition that we have and is saying, you know, let's produce a faithful rendering of, of God's word in, in a given language, right? Because there's possibly languages that haven't had the TR translated into them yet. Mm. Right. What would that person do um, when they're looking and kind of comparing all of these different ones and going, which mm. you know, which one do I go with?
1: I, I would say, and, and Dr. Riddle has has cried out for this, and mm-hmm. I don't think he has the time to do it himself, um, mm-hmm. and I hope we can all try to figure out how to do this, but mm-hmm. a, a cr- quote-unquote critical edition, and you know, we've been mocked for that, a critical edition oh. of the TR, in the sense of, just like Stephanus, uh, mm-hmm. we have some variant readings or, or differences uh, mm-hmm. that, that are listed for people, whether it's in an appendix mm-hmm. Or whether it's in uh, the margin of the text where it'll show exactly which manuscripts or not manuscripts, printed editions uh, mm. said. And, and again, this we're talking sixty-seven places, man. We're yeah. talking we're talking a very very small amount. And again, verb tenses, things like that. But I mean, I, as of right now, since we don't have that, what are we dealing with right now? Say we want to go translate into some uh, native. Uh, some obscure language. Language, yeah. yeah, some obscure language that it hasn't. And there's lots of not obscure, obscure languages that have not had Bibles translated yet. Yeah. So if we're translating, and this is what the Trinitarian Bible Society is doing, into these languages, we learn that language, uh, working with, with natives and, and everything, and, and become fluent in that language, and then we take our... our, our Masoretic and, and, our, and our Trinitarian Bible Society Masoretic and our Trinitarian Bible Society uh, TR or if you have Estefanus, any of the TRs really but I would, I would say the later forms are better um, mm-hmm. translate from that and if you wanted to put footnotes I guess you could however I would just say translate what we have right here mm-hmm. um, into that language mm-hmm. um, using all of the tools necessary as in referencing other languages you know and right. seeing how they translate and stuff but yeah I mean take take the text as we have it right now um and, and I think this is a, a there's, there's probably I think I've talked about this there's maybe like one or two places in here where I might take a different reading but they're found in other TRs so
2: there's still some work to be done but it's again from a different completely different starting point it's completely different different methodology completely then. different yes
0: well, and there's going to be people that are going to hear that and say, "Oh, there's still work to be done." No, there's the, nothing work to be done. Not, not like that. Okay, so no, yeah, there's no work like to be done. No, done. no, Correct. no, not about you. Yeah. But I've just yeah, heard yeah. people get. T- I mean, yeah. Doug Wilson got torn apart for saying that. Yeah. Uh, and and so it's not like that. You no. know, if if you're going to take your critical methodology and apply it to what we're saying, you're going to miss the point. It's mm. it's not going to land for you. Mm. Uh, and, and and so we're probably. I mean, we're wrapping up, Dane. Did you have any other final thoughts or any? Did you want to cover maybe any? We have. We had eight fallacies that people use constantly on Facebook
1: I mean we really, we really kind of did we covered all covered a lot of Here, them. here's the okay here's one that was was shouted at us recently online with a bunch of exclamations. you're a traditionalist just admit it you don't care what John wrote which we kind of we kind of looked at all that um, Jeff Dr. Riddle has, has responded to this saying yeah sure I am a traditionalist and I like it. Um, I, don't, I don't know if I would uh, go that way, but it's, again, that might be a holdover on my part and not understand what tradition means. Yeah. Tradition isn't always bad. And again, as we've pointed out in this podcast and as it is clear to any person who actually examines the evidence, uh, they're traditionalists too. Everybody's got a tradition. Everybody's, um, and, and this is the point of being confessional. You have a tradition. It's, are you able to look through your tradition? Are you able to use them as lenses, not as blinders? Yeah. Um, and so we all have a tradition. Let it inform your worldview. Let it advance your view of the glory of God in the person of Jesus Christ, not as a, a blinder from uh, other evidences in, in uh, life and in existence. Cool. So I'm a traditionalist. Uh, in a sense. Do, yeah, in a sense. Do you want me to admit it? Yeah, sure. I'll admit, I, I admit that I'm a traditionalist in the sense that I have a tradition I hold to. I don't read my Bible in a vacuum. I don't get my theology in a vacuum. I get my theology from the Holy Spirit leading people in the church to write confessions and creeds and compile the, the, the manuscripts together when the printing press was invented, all those kinds of things. That's my tradition. I, 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 I am not above the Bible. I am subject to it.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: That's my tradition. And we do, we do deeply care. What John wrote. Oh
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. We do. We
0: do. <laughs> yeah.
1: uh, and we'll all hear. the other guys. Yeah, John, yeah. I mean, I yeah. I don't really I, care what Paul says. I, I, <laughs> just, yeah. Give me I, John. I can't
0: speak for any of the other uh, dangerous, uh, horribly informed, ignorant textual traditionalists. Hmm.
1: There's a lot out there.
0: But for me, as an ignorant textual <laughs> traditionalist, I care very deeply about what the apostle John carried along by the Holy Spirit said.
1: Yes. And wrote. And I believe I have it.
0: and uh, Yeah, and I believe I have it too. And that ma- makes me want to cry, knowing that I have that. And it's not because I'm finding sweet solace in it, the fact that I can have a false sense of comfort. Mm-mm. It's the fact that I believe that the Comforter mm. has preserved it.
1: The shepherd, yeah.
0: Well said. So, yeah, I, d- I don't think
1: some goat herder in... Yeah. Outside of Alexandria it needs to be a, and like find another you know piece
0: of scrap on our rock and oh now I have God's blessed word. No, we're gonna keep defending this position, but we are we're not, we're not gonna, on the attack. We're on the defense. We're, we're, we're not on the attack. You know, like like everything that we've uh, brought up today have been things that I've heard from multiple people from all sources, all corners of the internet. It's not like you know anyone has a monopoly on these kinds of uh, attacks. Uh, they 're quite literally everywhere and and so if if you 're someone that 's employing these sort of arguments at us, like I promise we 're not traditionalists in the kind of way that's that 's been said. Ooh. We do care what the apostles and the prophets wrote very deeply, um, very much so we care about that, and so you know maybe stop bearing false witness <laughs> maybe maybe that 's a good idea yeah. let's like, um, like, let 's not you know divide over this let's... no. Keep reading your ESV and your NASB. Consider anything that we said in defense of our position that might um, cause some insecurity in your position. Uh, but, but um, I mean, really, we're defending here. And, and hopefully that's evident. Mm-hmm. Uh, but thank you guys for joining us. Any uh, final thoughts, Dane or Eric?
1: It's probably better. We don't no more, more thoughts.
0: thoughts. Yeah, every time we do more thoughts, we, we go on rants. Yeah. So thank you guys for joining and tuning in. Uh, if you have any questions, put them in the comments. And, uh, hopefully, uh, we have come off charitable and, uh, we, we attempted not to name drop anybody, really this podcast. We don't want to start internet fights. Mm. Um, we, we, we tried to gather and, and, and accumulate the arguments that we saw from the corners of the internet that were circulating around this week and present them in one podcast. That was our goal for tonight. Uh, hopefully this has been helpful to you and been a blessing to you. Again, comments down below. You can actually email us or message us on Facebook. Or if you have our phone numbers, give us a call. And we'll be happy to uh, talk with you guys about it. Um, thank you guys for joining us. This has been the Church Podcast. I'm Associate Pastor Taylor DeSoto.
1: Lead Pastor Dane Johansson.
0: And Eric the Deacon. All right. Amen. We'll see you next time.